Welcome to Our Jewish Roots with Bible teaching from Israel by Dr. Jeffrey Seif. On today's program, we continue our look at the women of the Bible in our series, She Shall Be Called Woman. But I found favor with him. And, and now, true success is not measured in wealth and power, but in the estate of one's heart. I've never been happier and more fulfilled. I raised him up strictly in the faith, and more. the law and the prophet. And now I want to give something back. I believe Elohim meant it to be this way. She's still a cornerstone of wisdom to the family. But you are always in my heart. Thank you for joining us today. I'm David Hart. I'm Kirsten Hart. I am provocative. <laughs> Actually, the name is Jeffrey Seif, but the series title is Provocative. She shall be called woman. In today's culture, goodness, that just sends chills down the spines of many, and I don't know why. It's even, just not that complex. I was going to say, even a few years ago, this title wasn't anything to, shall I say, bat an eyelash at. But no. now it is because gender roles have, have uh, changed. Well, they haven't changed, but they've morphed. People are morphing them into what they want them to look like you and know, be. I got to a place in my life when I prayed the sinner's prayer and asked the Lord into my heart. I, I decided to take a look at the book and, and let the Bible uh, serve as a guide to the perplexed for me to understand what my life was all about. Would that men would do that and women would do that, we'd find a lot of clarity and a lot of healing in the process, I believe. Mm -hmm. I think part of today's program is about us as men who have great spouses in our lives. Yes, just like you have yes. and I have too. We're My blessed. wife, Barry, I say she's the way, the truth, and the wife. <laughs> you got a good one too. We're blessed. Good yes. program coming yes. today. Right now, let's go to Dr. Seif's teaching in Israel. My husband, the scoundrel, his name is Nabal, and Folly was with him. But it was for his life and the lives of our family that I went forth to intervene. Yahweh's servant, David, came in peace and kindness, but Nabal repaid him with evil. If Elohim would not have been with me, David would have avenged justice with bloodshed. But I sent gifts to David and his men, food and supplies, and then I pleaded with him for mercy and forgiveness. Yahweh's words were on my lips, and they cooled the hot coals of anger. David received my counsel with gladness and sent me home in peace. What causes wars? It's an age-old question in the New Testament, Yaakov or James raised it. It's not that he didn't know the answer. He speaks about selfish ambitions that are let loose and people fight and they wrangle. They're fighting here, who do they blame it on? Is it the donkey? Is it a business deal that went wrong? Where do you point the finger? Well, in James, in the end of the third chapter, here he speaks of a wisdom that comes down, that's gentle and peaceful. 
but sometimes there's tension and stress. A woman's voice can sometimes be that voice of moderation. The males of the species, we can be so very robust and so very intense. And sometimes, as noted, it's a woman who has a way of bringing insights to bear and helping us get through when we get tangled up together. There's a famous story in the Bible about a man who almost made a horrible mistake. David was offended, of course, and he had every right to be. Naval, Nabal, was a fool and treated him roughly. David has just finished being particularly gracious to Saul. He, in the previous chapter, had gone into a cave, and, and there Saul was uh, relieving himself. The text is very, uh, very appropriate, not going into all the details, but, but David had him, but he wouldn't take him. But in our story today, David is escalating up. He's robust, he's angry, he's disconcerted. This is a man who has been disrespected, and he wants blood. The book First Shmuel, First Samuel tells the story, describes how David's men were insulted by Nabal. Nabal is introduced into the narrative, as is his wife Abigail. And it's David's encounter with her that's going to be very significant for him. In chapter 25, verse 3, uh, the characters are introduced, the principal characters. The text says, V'shem ho'ish naval, and the man's name was Nabal, which really in effect means fool. V'shem ishto avigal, Abigail is introduced. For he isham tova sechel, this was a woman with good understanding, with good smarts, and not only that, v'yafat toar, she was good of form, she was beautiful. And by way of contrast, Naval is introduced as Ha'ish Kosheh. He was a rough man. And this man got sideways with David. And David had garnered a force together of 400 plus, and he was bent on his demise. Thank God for his wife. He would have made a horrible mistake. And we're going to consider today how a woman's voice can help the males of the species settle down and think right. The males of the species innately have a tendency to escalate up, more so than the females of the species. Doesn't take much, sometimes at the slightest provocation, the males can begin to rage, the pressure builds up, and why? Because he feels disrespected, dishonored, and that's all that it takes many times. Paul is sensitive to that, he realizes that women want to be loved, so he says, husbands, love your wives. He doesn't tell the wives to love their husbands. He tells the wives, learn to respect your husband, to honor your husband. For as much as a woman can feel disconcerted if she's not loved, a man can become disoriented. The wheels start turning if he feels disrespected. And if that's turning within him, that can have implications at the behavioral level. I've seen this happen more than once, not just in others, but in myself. I got an email this morning, I open it up, and I'm off to the races. I'm not a happy camper. I begin the day with a film crew coming out to a shoot, and our producer, Ken Burke, says, Jeff, this isn't going to ruin your day, is it? Well, no, it isn't. I'll just lay it aside and move on. I'm only mentioning that to say that I, you, we have a propensity to escalate up. That's the bad news. 
The good news, hopefully, is that we have within us, especially those that have received the Holy Spirit, have within us the ability to get that under control. It's good to learn to get it under control. The Spirit helps us, and you know what else helps us? A woman helps us. I've seen this on more than one occasion, by the way, as a police officer responding to a call. There's one man. There can be a room full of men, big men, buff men, intense men. It's escalating up. I'm on the radio calling for backup. It looks like it's about to go bad, and then mama speaks up. These men can be six foot six. Mother can be five foot two. Now you, stop. I've seen a woman get in there like a traffic cop and sort it all out. I've seen it happen with a wife, with a girlfriend, with a mother. You know, even the hardest of the hard will respond to their mother. You can go into a penitentiary. These guys have raped, pillaged, and plundered. But if you insult their mother, you know, that's, that's tantamount to whatever. I mean, it's just something the way a man can acknowledge the fact that a woman has a calming effect on him and feel a certain kind of loyalty to a woman. King David exemplifies this marvelously in the story at hand. You recall that he was insulted by a foolish man, a curlish man, a fellow named Nabal. Avigal, his wife, however, intercedes. David has marshaled the force and he's bent on venting his fury on this fellow. And were it not for the fact that he encountered Abigail in the process, he would have done just that. She will come and humble herself, oh my Lord. She knows how to talk to a man. Oh, and by the way, when a man is upset, it's not just a woman that have a calming effect, but a woman that knows how to talk to a man. She treats him respectfully. Oh my Lord, I'm your handmaiden. Will you not but see this? She doesn't push him, she suggests. She's tactful, diplomatic. She knows how to calm down. It's a great story, David doesn't forget it. Later on, when her husband dies, when he hears of it, David's going to send for her and say, listen, um, you know, can, how about a movie on Friday? He's going to want to uh, strike up a chord. I want to look at uh, the 25th chapter, verse 32, and see what David says to her. And by extension, we do well if this can be our attitude. David And David said to Abigail in verse 32, Blessed be the God of Israel. Asher shalochek hayom hazeh likroti. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me. Thank God for God. Thank God for you. He's going to go on to say to her, Uvaruch ta'amek. He's going to say, Blessed be your discretion. Oh, Abigail, thank you. Blessed be the way that you think. He's going to follow in verse 33, at, And he's going to say, Blessed are you. David sees value, worth. He honors her for what she was and what she contributed to him and how she saved him from bringing harm upon himself. He closes, and the way he closes, the way I want to close on this, in verse 35, he's going to say unto her, the law Amar, and David said to her, Ali le shalom, go in peace. He's going to then say, Shemati Bikolek, I have hearkened to your voice. Kol is voice. You know, uh, the voice of prophecy, Bat Kol, is considered feminine in, in a Hebrew understanding. He's then going to say, Ve'esaw 
Ponoyik, Ponam is face. Literally, I have seen your face, I have hearkened to your face. That is, I have accepted thy person. It's Meredith. David looks at Abigail and he sees something special. And what does he see to bring clothes? He says to her, blessed be your voice. And he says, and I have accepted your person. May it be that we males the more so develop an appreciation for how women help us, how they save us, how they help us bring things under control. And may we honor them for so doing. Our resource this week, Three Beautiful Magnets of Jerusalem, featuring photography by our own Kenneth Berg. These magnets are a wonderful addition for your refrigerator or filing cabinet and a great reminder to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Call 1-800-WONDERS or visit us at levitt.com. Remember to connect with us on social media for so much extra content. Find us at Our Jewish Roots. It is because of you that we're able to bring these series to you. It's all about women in this series, and we just want to say thank you for your support. Huge thank you, and I just want to say a huge thank you for Dr. Seif bringing this topic onto our program, and he is going to teach us about the Proverbs 31 woman, and I have to be honest, she has always uh, rather intimidated me because it's hard to relate to the standards that she brings, but I'm thankful for Jeff's insight. I think you will be too. Let's go to Israel to hear from Dr. Seif. The trading has become profitable and the harvest has yielded good crop. All of this will surely benefit my family. I wouldn't have been able to take on these extra tasks without the love and support of my husband. He has given me everything I've needed and more. And now I want to give something back. It feels so good to be needed, to know my contributions matter. As busy as I am, I've never been happier and more fulfilled. My workers have done well and are worth their hire and more. As I have been blessed with increase, so I would like to bless them as well. In the modern world, men leave home to go attend to life. But twas not the case in the ancient world when so much of life centered around the home. In the modern world, the, uh, the children go off and learn about life in school and the men go off and attend to life at work. But in the ancient world, the home was the center of education, the home was the center of where the man worked, and the woman was the head of the home. What a home this was in ancient Israel. Uh, many attended to agricultural concerns, but in conjunction with that, this woman has a small business going. She's a haberdasher, a seller of fine clothing. Goodness, when I think of what's involved in the manufacture of the clothing, uh, to come up with the dyes and then to spin the fabrics and then to cut them and tailor them in the clothing, it's quite an operation she's got going. In Proverbs chapter 31, the author there says, a good woman is worth more than money in part because she makes money. She doesn't just make money, uh, she makes life. She's the, the lamp of the family, if you will, because so much revolves around her. 
The vision in ancient Israel for a woman wasn't to be some love slave, simply to satisfy the pleasures of the males of the species, who after finishing with her, just goes on in life and finds other conquests. No, the vision was that the woman would be so central in the success of life, success for the males of the species. This is evidenced in part by the testimony of someone who didn't do so good to tell you the truth. Shlomo, Melech Israel, Solomon, the king of Israel, began his life uh, seeking God and, and getting wisdom, and he ended his life returning to God. But his mind left him somewhere in the middle at one level. Here we have some closing comments in Proverbs, which is a testimony to the wisdom that he'd accrued over time, and starts off, Devrei Lemuel Melech. The words of Lemuel the king. Now, there was no king in ancient Israel by that name. Here, arguably, it's another name for Shlomo, for Solomon. Lem means toward. El, as a suffix, means God. The words of a king who's inclining himself toward God. Solomon began like this and he ended like this. Here he harks back to something his mother taught him. I say that because uh, the verse goes on, the burden that his mother carried. This isn't just his own uh, wisdom, but he's parroting that which his mother gave to him. And what did she tell him? Don't give your strength to women. The issue here isn't to love a woman, but rather don't go after loose women. Don't go after loose living. Find a good woman, find a good wife, because she'll do you good all the days of your life. We'll attend to the story as we continue. Different men define success differently. Some believe that life is about the acquisition of toys. There's an old saying that the only difference between men and boys is the price of their toys. And that means acquiring material goods. That means acquiring women. But some come to terms with the fact that there's no way to be successful in life if you don't have a successor. And when value is placed on successors, then value is refocused on the home. And then when value is focused on this home, there's no way to come to terms with it without realizing the inestimable value of a woman. I believe that Solomon came to terms with this. In fact, he is on record at the end of his life. You know his story. He squandered so much of his life pursuing women and this and that, but eventually he sobers up. Proverbs 31 is a testimony to his sobriety as he, from his wisdom, shares the essence of success in life in a certain respect for a male. And in the process of so doing, he then extols the virtue of a woman. In Proverbs 31, we come upon an acrostic testament. It's a poem to that effect, and I want to share some of it with you. Beginning in verse 10, he says in Hebrew, Eshet chayil miyimtsoh. A woman of value or a woman of virtue who can find. It's not that she was nowhere to be found as much as it is that he was saying, gentlemen, what you need to do is find someone just like this. And he talks about the character that she possesses, various characteristics that unfold in the literature. Text says that she's worth more to him than rubies. And that's true in part because what she's going to do is she's going to bring wealth into the house. She doesn't just spend it. She is valuable. She's a worker. She's entrepreneurial. And she contributes to the war effort that way and in so many other ones. Verse 11, we're told that the heart of her husband trusts in her. 
and that she will have no lack of gain. I, I love the word for gain here in part because it's the same word that's used in the Hebrew Bible for plunder. What do I mean by that? In Old Testament times, Israelite males would be called upon to don helmet and sword and shield and defend home and hearth. They'd go off to war. And in the process of so doing, by virtue of their being successful, they would acquire goods. They would come upon resources that were not their own, but were deemed the spoils of war. When the text here says that she will bring gain to him. It means she brings spoils of war. That is, that she brings into the family system to the man that which he is unable to get himself. He didn't earn it himself, but it just comes at the testimony to what she's all about. Well, we go on in verse 16. We're told that she considers a field and buys it. And this gives rise to the fact that this woman is a woman who is empowered to make decisions. She has chokham, she has smarts. She's not just the love slave. She doesn't just sheepishly and docilely follow the orders that her husband barks out, but she's a woman of means. She's a woman of understanding and she's empowered within the family in order to make family decisions. And so she invests her energies and she brings wealth into the family. And not only that, in verse 20, we're told that she extends herself to the poor, that she's just not all about herself. She's successful, she acquires, and thus she has resource to help those less fortunate than her. Says elsewhere that she looks at the time to come without fear. It's because of who she is and how she takes care of her business. She has stability and security and is able to then to be more kindly disposed toward others. We're told in verse 23 that her husband is noted in the gate. The gate, of course, is where uh, the men would meet the elders. And the reason why he's noticed, according to Rashi, Rav Shmuel Yitzchak, uh, 1040 to 1105 AD, was a famous Jewish sage. And he opined that the reason why he was known in the gates is because he was so well-dressed. And the reason why he was so well-dressed is because his wife took care of him so well. Again, you have a good wife here and she takes care of you. You know, some have mistakenly said that a dog is a man's best friend. I think not. If a man will treat a woman right, a woman will be loyal to a man. And here this man stands out by virtue of her attentions. Well, the text goes on and it closes on a beautiful note. In verse 30, Shaker hachen vehavel hayofi. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. She respects the Lord. She reverences Him. She walks under His uh, guidance and care. And by virtue of so doing, this is a woman of great value. And I love the way the text closes. He says in verse 31, Give her the fruit of her hands. Hey, listen, we do well to find a woman like this and give her the credit she deserves because a woman like this moves the world and helps a man to be successful in this life. I'm sure you've heard the term, your better half. Well, that is the case for me, and I think for you too, Dr. Seif. We've got some good women in our lives to help us with all that we do in our lives. Behind every good man is a better woman. Yes. 
Now, a lot of people on TV, you know, they say things about their spouse, but then when the cameras are off, when it's just them, they're fighting and bickering and going different directions. Uh, you guys are a team. My wife and I were a team. You know, Barry, I say she's the way, the truth, and the wife. I mean, she is that Proverbs 31 type, and I'm so blessed to have her. I'm thankful for something that you brought to light, which I've never heard speaking of the Proverbs 31 woman, which to me has always seemed like who can even get that high? Mm. You just feel like you never can succeed like that, you know, the gold standard. But I like what you said about her being an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I appreciate that. That's a, a, a almost a buzzword that women can relate to now for you saying about she buys a field and sells it. Right. She can roll up her sleeves and be involved in the land of the living. She's just not some love slave uh, in the kitchen and in the bedroom pregnant, you know, that uh, and, and religious people falsely assign a role. I think it's, it says more about the people that are assigning the role than it does about what biblical literature really is saying. Uh, if that's the idealized woman in biblical literature, and it is, or then she is, um, she's got a lot going for her. She's a businesswoman. She's a woman of means and brains. She's just not beautiful. She's, she's beautiful inside and out. Hey, you had mentioned early in the program, we learned about Abigail with David, and when you said she has brains, Abigail was a smart girl yeah. because you also mentioned, we listened to what you said, that women want to be loved, but men want to re be respected. Yeah. That's good. And David was respected by Abigail, and that spoke volume. Yeah, and it's interesting that Abigail's husband, uh, the name there alludes to fool. You have the contrast there. There, 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 there. There's the brain and the woman and the pain and the man that, uh, um, yeah. It's, 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 it's a fantastic story. You know, individuals look at the Bible and want to paint the picture of a woman being slotted, a domestic, servile, minimal role. Um, and while there are males of the species that are game to foist that, that doesn't do justice to what biblical literature actually is saying. And I have to say, I, I, I did enjoy being pregnant. I do enjoy being a wife, and I do enjoy my time in the kitchen. But I also like the buying a field. You know what I mean? So you're saying like a woman's role necessarily isn't being, well, I don't know, should we say barefoot and pregnant and cooking and that kind of thing. But like I, some women still do like that. I yes. love that. Yeah. Uh, Barry has an MBA, my wife, and uh, she's, she's very good at business. Uh, she also has a PhD in biblical studies. Um, now, that's my second time around marrying. I lucked out twice. My first wife, may she rest in peace, died of ovarian cancer. Uh, Patty had three graduate degrees. She took care of the family finances. You know, I mean, I'm a pretty strong guy, but I'm not some tyrant who runs the castle. You know, power is shared, and, and uh, you give her her due. And uh, that's what the author of Proverbs 31 does and, and advocates that we do as well. Give her her due. And it's a good partnership. It is. We're not done with this series. There's more women in the Bible, important women that we're going to talk about, but, but it's time to go we're, again. We're done today. Yes. See you next week. Till then, Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Join us right now for additional content that is only available on our social media sites. Visit our website, levitt.com, for the current and past programs the television schedule, tour information, and our free monthly newsletter, which is full of insightful articles and news commentary. View it online, or we can ship it directly to your mailbox every month. 
Also on our website is the online store. There you can order this week's resource, or you can always give us a call at 1-800-WONDERS. Your donations to Zola Levitt Ministries helps us to support these organizations as they bless Israel. Please remember, we depend on tax-deductible donations from viewers like you.